welcome to Coaching Kids Curling, a podcast for youth curling coaches and program organizers. I'm Glenn Gabriel, a certified curling coach who lives in Pickering, Ontario, Canada. My mission is to give you the advice, resources, and inspiration you need to make your program better. Brandon Shintani is a high school sophomore from New Jersey who has created a website and podcast called Mind Design Sports. In this episode, we discover why he produces content about sports psychology for teenagers and kids. Before I begin this episode with Brandon, I wanted to give a shout out to a listener of the podcast who sent me a very nice email back in April. Tanil Bachek is the junior coordinator for the Little Rockers in Okotoks, Alberta. After listening to episode 47 with Atina Ford Johnston, she started listening to other episodes of the podcast. I want to thank Tanil for her kind words, and I'm happy that this podcast is providing value to my fellow youth coaches and organizers. I wanted to share the last paragraph of her email. I felt very energized after listening to your program. Often, junior coordinators are asked to fill the volunteer role. This isn't something that people generally apply for. Your podcast series highlighted how valuable this role is, which, to be honest, is not a message I often hear, so it was good to be reminded. Also, the passion of yourself and your guests is energizing. I know we have passionate volunteers in our club and neighboring clubs, but your guests served as a good reminder that we really are a big community. I appreciate how willing everyone has been to share what works for them, rather than guarding their secrets. This is how we will continue to develop this amazing sport and community. Tanil, I agree 100%. Thanks again to you for your feedback. Now, on to my interview with Brandon. Brandon, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Glenn. Thanks for having me on. Well, I think you officially qualify. You're going to be the youngest person I've had on this podcast so oh, really? far. Oh, yeah. Now, that, that's part of the reason I have you on the podcast. Uh, it has to do, of course, with your project called Mind Design Sports and mm-hmm. the fact that it's very youth-focused, and we'll get into that. But for the listeners of mine who are basically curling coaches and program organizers who may not be familiar with you. Let me start with some basic questions. How old are you? Uh, where do you live? And uh, are you in school? What, what grade are you in? I am Brandon. I'm a sophomore in high school and I live in New Jersey. Um, and yeah, I, I'm into sports and I'm happy to have a conversation with you. Obviously, your, your project's called Mind Design Sports and part of it includes a great website and, and a podcast. Now, the mission of, the, of, of your project is to provide sports psychology resources for teens and kids. And, you know, what sets the pardon why I have you on the podcast is that this content is solely created, well, mostly created by teenagers or people in their teens' youth. So uh, it, it fascinated me that you were interested or all these young people were interested in sports psychology issues. For, for you personally, what led you to become interested in sports psychology in the first place? Yeah. 
at a young age, I was always surrounded by sports and psychology. So my mom studied psychology in college. Um, I watched Brain Games, which is a show on National Geographic. And they talked about how brains process information related to topics like stress, addiction, competition, food. And I always liked psychology and how we behaved and just the mental reasoning behind that. And yeah, like I said, sports has always been a part of my life, basketball, especially always watching it, playing it since second grade. And then last year in the summer, I took AP psychology, um, a little paragraph in the whole textbook talked about sports psychology. It was probably like four to five sentences. And I was kind of disappointed on why it didn't get its own chapter and why it didn't have more information. So I just did my own research on sports psychology online. Um, looked at TED Talks, YouTube videos, read some own, read some blogs, and just kind of did research. And I really liked the concept behind it of how um, mental techniques can up an athlete's game. And I thought that was super applicable to me, especially, and a bunch of my friends, my peers. And I just really dove deep into it. And that's how I kind of got introduced into sports psychology. I'll admit, uh, uh, you know, uh, most of my coaches are Canadian. So uh, I believe correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, I guess the translation of AP psychology or an AP class is one that pre prepares you for college or university. Is that correct? I think it is a college um, level, like difficulty, like rigor. Okay. And it's called advanced placement. And yeah, it's like the most rigorous type of um, course in the US. So there's like CP, which is college, oh, college prep, and then there's honors, and then there's AP. Your sports background, you, you, you mentioned that you were really interested in, in basketball and you played basketball and yeah. you said athletics as well. Yeah, I just did a bunch of sports, um, baseball, soccer. I tried them all out and tried to see which one I liked the most and basketball really stuck with me. Having watched all these resources on YouTube and I guess online and on the internet, I'm trying to dig down a little deeper here. What, what yeah. was it about psychology? I, you know, if I remember correctly, it's the study of human behavior mm -hmm. and, and sports psychology, obviously in the sports setting. What was it? Was there a particular technique or, or a story or an athlete whose story and psychology really attracted you to it? I remember one video on YouTube that I watched that really gave me the green light on like, oh, I want to really dive deep into this topic is... There was a documentary, like a 30-minute documentary on how the Navy SEALs use sports psychology techniques. And it signaled to me that if Navy SEALs um, were using that, it must be really important and useful. And they talked about goal setting, visualization, and breathing. And those three really stuck with me, and I really understand them a lot. So breathing um, helps you calm down when it's really stressful, especially for Navy SEALs and any for really any athlete. Um, goal setting, setting uh, small goals that are pushing you, but not too much will allow you to succeed. And yeah, those like three really uh, signified to me that these simple techniques can really up an athlete's game. And as long as you practice it, it'll really translate on the court or on the field and your performance will really enhance. Yeah. Are these three techniques, ones you, you, that you used personally on the court? 100%, even in my real life. So like breathing, even before a test or something stressful, maybe a big presentation in school, they have to give in front of the whole, your whole class. I'll just try to calm myself down if, if I'm really stressed or anxious. 
goal setting is every day. Like for my design sports, if I want to set a goal on getting three guest speakers by the end of the month, that's a goal. And then you'll set sub goals, subtasks, like email 20 guest speakers by Monday. And you kind of break it down into specific tasks so that you keep yourself accountable. And what was the last one again? Goal setting. Uh, visualization and breathing. Oh, right. Visualization. Yeah, exactly. So visualization I used before a basketball game, like envisioning myself shooting, shooting three pointers and making it and following through even like the whole environment, like seeing the fans in the crowd, um, hearing and trying to smell and use all my five senses to prepare myself uh, for the game. And even I used it like right before a test, like the day before when I'm studying, I'll envision myself in the biology uh, classroom, uh, ready to go. And that'll kind of just prime my mind because when I get to the classroom or when I get to the court, I'll know that I've already prepared for this and I've already envisioned myself succeeding. Oh, that's great, Brandon. I'm going to get back to those three things. I think those are three great, simple techniques that uh, any coach can use in a sports setting or right, not even in a sports setting, but I'd like to come back to it later uh, in a, perhaps a curling setting. Are, are you familiar with the sport of curling? Uh, not, not really. I know the basics though. Have you ever watched it like on television? Yeah, I did a little bit. Okay. Yeah. I, I think that that's the great thing about these techniques that uh, they are very uh, transferable, but let, let me uh, get back to uh, your project. Uh, cool. Mind design sports. It's one thing to have an interest in a topic and use it for your own personal uh, improvement. Now, you decided to go a little further and create a website, a podcast, and all social media even, uh, all under the brand of Mind Design Sports. So, what, yeah, what was the motivation to expand this and, and, sh- and spread this information worldwide? So, sports psychology is about the mind. And I'm sure a lot of coaches and athletes out there don't really understand why important the mind Um, and how important it can play in your performance. And I saw that need and that gap in knowledge, and I just wanted to share it. Um, I know personally, like, sometimes I felt stressed or anxious before game, and I I thought it was, like, due to my skills or physical abilities. But really, when I look back on it, it was because of my mental abilities. I didn't really know how to bounce back after a game mentally. I always, like, ruminated and thought, like, oh, am I really good enough? But Sports psychology teaches you to have confidence and to focus and to have a growth mindset and all those things. And I just wanted to share those resources to out there because especially for young athletes that need it the most, they need to start developing these habits early so that once they start getting into more competitive leagues, um, more competitive, they're playing against more competitive athletes. They have these abilities to, um, to kind of have it in their back pocket and whatever they need, like if they're feeling really anxious, they can just use their breathing technique that they learned in third grade or fifth grade, and they already have this habit and routine. So I just kind of created this resource for that. And I know it'd be really helpful because I would have wanted it when I was um, in middle school. And I just wanted to make it online. So it was accessible to all everybody out there that just has internet connection and have a podcast on it because podcasts are really digestible. You already know this. Um, you just kind of put your earphones in, 
Um, whenever you're working out, you can listen to a podcast. And alternatively, you can read our blog posts because they're pretty quick and digestible and give you pretty comp- comprehensive tips. When it comes to the the website, what makes it stand apart is actually just the whole philosophy of your your mind design sports is that it's not just that this information is for teenagers and kids it's that it's actually produced by teenagers why was it important for you to to have that uh to have that philosophy all of my team members have played sports or are current athletes and we usually create content in a lot of ways. So either that's, we're starting like TikToks and YouTube videos and then blogs and podcasts. I wanted to have it teenage and athlete focused because they can draw from their own experiences and we would be able to talk about common problems, like I said. And that would really be the most helpful for athletes out there because those most common problems um, need to be addressed. And not only do we have all athletes are mostly athletes, but they're all from different states and countries. And that kind of gives you different perspectives. Um, maybe in the U.S. there's a lot of basketball and baseball players, but we have people from India and Asia that maybe play different sports like cricket. So maybe having that cricket background will provide better insights into maybe recovering from an injury. Maybe they do something different in India or Asia from recovering versus the United States. And that different perspective from different athletes all across the world is what I really strive um, for because I think that'll be best for our viewers and listeners out there. Yeah, you actually reminded me of something I saw on your website, which was a particular article. I haven't read it, but just the title fascinated me, which was uh, Sports Psychology, a South Asian Take. I think it's the first time I've ever seen that combination of words together. And that's a credit to uh, to your the diversity that you've uh, collected in your project. Uh, I've taken a look at your website and uh, when you look at the, the, the different faces, the different, I believe you have up to 35 countries that are represented and different uh, uh, male and female and different genders. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm always a big fan of diversity and I think you've really hit, hit the nail on the head, uh, hit the nail on the head with this. So uh, full credit to you, Brandon. Thank you. Uh, I mean, obviously, we're you know the site and I know the site. We've sort of spent time on it. But for a newcomer who's just visiting your site, which is mind-designsports.org, yeah. what, are, what can they expect when they get to the site? They can expect high-quality blogs, podcasts from me with guest speakers. And we also just launched a new podcast where um, two co-hosts, Johnny and Elliot, uh, my good friends, they talk about current events in sports and how that connects into the mental and psychology, psychological side of things. There's also, we just launched a connection program where any young athlete that needs a mentor, a coach can get it for free. So maybe if you're a young curler out there that kind of doesn't have guidance or doesn't have a good curling form, and they want to talk to a high school curler directly um, on Zoom or texting we provide that for you. We set that up for you and you kind of get that direct one-on-one support. So you can sign up for there. And we also have an ask MDS MDS just stands for mind design sports where anybody could just ask questions. Um, we can get back to you in like one or two days and whatever questions you have just shoot us an email or even uh, text us on social media. And we just try, try to provide you guys with 
the best content we can and support you. I'm a big believer in the whole idea of peer-to-peer learning. I mean, I can see it even on the ice when I'm teaching curling the kids. A lot of times there are a lot of these old, quote unquote, older adults and, you know, they're teaching the skills and everything. But a lot of the time, if we have a, a teenage coach on the ice, uh, the, the kids will be just naturally more attracted to that. They'll either uh, see that person and think, you know, maybe I could be like that person one day. So I see that as an equivalent to, to what you're trying to accomplish here with, with, with your, exactly. your peer-to-peer program. I, I should, I mean, I have to say this. I mean, these peers are young people and, you know, I, I don't think you're uh, claiming that they're certified in anything in particular, other than maybe that they play the sport or in, and they have experience in a competitive setting. So that's fair to say? Yeah, we're not experts in any way. We're all just uh, mostly high school students. We have some college students that just want to provide good insights and advice just firsthand. And um, we, in our blog, sometimes we cite professionals or people in the research field and just give them credit on whatever tips they have or insights or experiment results. So, yeah. Okay. And of course, in your podcast, you have interviewed people who are literally in the thick of it. I mean, there's that, oh, that yeah. one episode where you interviewed that NBA trainer. There was another mm-hmm. who's a, uh, a prof- I was going to say professional memory expert. I think that's fair to say that, that it's a career <laughs> thing that they do. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think the podcast is a, is a resource for uh, perhaps a little more uh, of the, a perspective from a professional aspect. Not, not all the podcast episodes are that, but most, a lot of them are. Yeah. I think I want to switch the topic a little bit here. Okay. Uh, sorry, Brandon. How old are you again? I am 16 years old. <laughs> wow. God. I, when I was 16, I'm just, oh my God. <laughs> I, the internet wasn't even around, Brandon. We wouldn't have had this. We would have had a phone call maybe. And I would have had my cassette player beside the uh, the receiver. But uh, I wanted to ask you about, and I know this is, I'm not sort of placing it all on your shoulders, but I guess- Based on demographic information, you'd be considered a Gen Z. Is that fair? That is fair. Okay. Now, I think a lot of the coaches I work with are working with Gen Z athletes, uh, either in the younger range or 16 is actually a pretty common age for a competitive curler. So yeah, uh, I'm not asking you to put your shoes, uh, put your feet in the shoes of a competitive curler, but I think People like me, even just people who run programs, are interested to know what they might be thinking or what we should be aware of. Um, You're in high school. Uh, I mean, I'm sure you have a lot of, I mean, obviously you have this project, but I'm I'm sure you have a lot of other things that uh, hobbies or whatever you do, you have on your plate, family commitments, maybe a job. Uh, What are some things as, older people, quote unquote, older coaches that, you know, we should be aware of uh, from athletes your age? I think coaches and organizers don't really understand how much the mental side of things um, can play in their team and the athletes they coach. Um, To be quite honest, like if you're not practicing mental training in your uh, kids as a coach, there's a very low chance that you'll be able to, you'll be able to compete at a really high level 
unless for example, you have a bunch of ranked five-star athletes. Um, most teams out there and high school teams practice like six to seven times per week, but it's all like physical training. There's no mental training. There's no meditation. There's no breathing exercises. It's all go to the weight room. Um, let's have a practice five on five. And I feel like once coaches and organizers really understand um, the benefits for themselves and they instill that in their athletes, the team will just be better. I think just as simple as that, like everyone will play more calmer, for example, they'll be more focused. They'll be able to know how to cooperate as a team better. And these coaches just have to know that they're the starting point and they're the launch pad for these athletes to um, better mental training. In psychology, there's a term called scaffolding. And scaffolding is an instructional method in which teachers demonstrate the process of problem solving for the students and explain the steps as they go along. And I think that's exactly what coaches have to do in this age. They have to teach them that they have to problem solve for themselves, which is a sports psych technique, and that sports psychology will help them along the way rather than waste their time. Because I feel like there's still this little bit of stigma. Oh, meditation is a waste of time, but it's really not. Once you trust the process and you commit to it, you're going to naturally see the uh, benefits and reap them. Um, In summary, many athletes, especially at a young age, don't see the mental game as a requirement either. So these coaches have to um, let them know about that. And of course, with podcasts like Coaching Kids Curling and Mind Design Sports, that'll help. Well, let, let me uh, focus in on one thing you said there, which is meditation. Is is that something, uh, let's say I'm a coach who is a newer, newer coach and wants to bring an element of mental training into my kids. Say my kids are, I mean, I work with under 12s. So what, what, are, what is a good first step? Is it meditation? Would you recommend that or another thing? Anything you do is a good first step. If you've never been into sports psychology, um, look up our website. Uh, whatever you see first, just focus in on that and practice it. The first thing you see on our website or online is breathing. Just do a lot of research on breathing. Take a week, only do research on breathing. Look up the different breathing techniques and try them out. Maybe one day you try out one of them. Another day you try out another. When you go to practice, try them out and see which ones you really like. And then just keep it as a habit. Once you really stick with one and you keep with it, it'll just become into your routine and it'll kind of be on your side forever. And yeah, meditation is a great start as well. Um, You can even look up like guided meditation on YouTube. Just start with that. They, the meditation instructor just guides you through. You don't need any knowledge. You just need to know how to follow directions. So, so uh, just to rephrase what you're saying, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it, it's not necessarily the particular technique. It's just the, the, the action of taking one technique and maybe following up on it and, and trying it and seeing if it works with your particular uh, set of young people. 100%. It's individualized and personable to everybody. Maybe... Um, this type of meditation video is not best for Joe, but it's good for Bob. So Bob, I recommend Bob to just keep sticking to that meditation and Joe find another one. And it's kind of just trial and error. And I think that'd be my best advice. And a quote just to reinforce that is just Nike's just do it. Just do something. Brandon, of course, your website and your podcast are resources for, for young people. 
where do you go for your resources? Are there a particular, are there particular podcasts or websites that you like to visit once in a while and, and sort of get the lay of the land when it comes to sort of sports psychology? Yeah. So I'll sometimes just look up if I'm wanting to listen to some sports podcasts or sports psychology podcasts, I'll just look it up. I'll go on player.fm, scroll through and see which ones that I like and that are interesting. And, um, I'll just do some research online, like I said, um, scroll around YouTube. I like to watch YouTube videos because um, it's just something that I can do um, in bed. And it's it's really digestible to me. Like I like to engage my auditory and visual senses. And just a couple podcasts that I like is just the official Navy SEALs podcast. They talk about um, grit, um, gratitude, and they kind of touch on sports psychology a lot. Another podcast that I like is Finding Mastery by Dr. Michael Gervais. Um, he's a sports psychologist, super well-known, and I think his insights are super cool. He has guest speakers on his podcast too, and it's great to hear his insights. And Increasing Your Impact with Justin Sua. He is a pod, his podcast is for leaders, and I'm a leader, I guess, and I love to just learn from him. And being a leader kind of coincides with sports psychology. So, yeah, I think those would be my top three. Are, are there any particular athletes you admire? Hmm. Um, any, like, underdogs, honestly. For example, like, Damian Lillard in the NBA. He didn't receive any D1. I don't think he received any D1 scholarships. Um, he went to a small state school in college. Um, and he just is really, he inspires me because he just let his hard work shine through and he never wanted a lot of attention. He just let his game speak. And that, that's why he's so popular now. And everyone knows that his hard work paid off coming from a small town and then coming all the way into the NBA. And I think there's this one quote that I really like by him is, you got to outwork everybody when they're not looking something along the lines of that. And it's really stuck with me. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a fan of Damian Lillard myself. Uh, uh, he's one of those rare athletes. And I know this sounds strange if you're not a basketball fan, but he was quote unquote old when he got drafted. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. I mean, we're talking like 21, I think like he, he spent three or four years in college, which is rare. Usually the, the best players are taken after literally their freshman year. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I'm, I'm a big fan of the underdog as well. And, and, and in many cases, even in Toronto uh, with the Raptors, Fred Van Vliet, uh, oh, 100%. I believe he was on Iowa State when they made their run in the Final Four, or the yeah, I believe they made the Final Four that one year. He he was the under he was literally the underdog. I believe he's. Uh, see, this is where my basketball knowledge is a little suspect, but <laughs> he, I believe, uh, there's something about he was the only undrafted player to get like a multi-year million dollar contract or something. It was something like that. So uh, it was credit to all his hard work and his performance, especially in the NBA finals, which up in Toronto, we're still kind of uh, glowing and basking in the glow of that championship. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Toronto really got a steal with him. He's been shining. Yeah. Especially uh, this season. Now the Raptors aren't doing all that well, but 
you know, this is, uh, you know, frankly, we, we won a championship two years ago. So, yeah, it, it's better. It, we wouldn't trade it for the world, I don't think. So <laughs> that's my little uh, sidebar on Toronto sports. Uh, but uh, before I let you go, Brandon, uh, how, what's the response been to Mind Design Sports so far? Are you hearing uh, response from anywhere, like around the world even, because you're, you have such a worldwide uh, 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 base of contributors? Yeah. I actually just got an email like a couple of days ago from somebody and he said that he really loved the blogs and especially the podcasts. And he was like, he requested actually for a chess podcast and he was like, Oh wow. Really like the concept behind it. And he said he himself, he was a chess player and he wanted to get um, a guest speaker. He wanted me to get a guest speaker on to talk about chess and how sports psychology connects to that. And he said he was really thankful and to please keep it up. And we always get messages like this and it really motivates us to keep working. Like even on LinkedIn, especially on Instagram, um, people comment, DM us. And yeah, it's definitely from all over the place. I think that person was from Mexico. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah. And we really just want to keep expanding the impact, especially with our connection program, our blogs, our podcast, and get that direct impact out there. And yeah, I'm really happy that our audience and viewers enjoy our content. Well, if you do have that chess episode, which by the way, that's a great idea. Uh, I might steal that for my <laughs> for my podcast. But if you do it first, I'll definitely uh, forward that link to my listeners oh. because if if you're not familiar with curling, some people call it chess on ice because of the strategic importance of the sport or the importance oh, okay. of strategy in it. So, uh, yeah, it, it's if you do have that episode. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. It would be something, the strategic aspect of chess. Uh, can, some of those things are transferable to, to the sport of curling. So uh, good luck on finding that or, or getting that together. Uh, well, Brandon, thanks for, so much for joining me today. I, I'm really impressed. I know that uh, when I was in high school, uh, well, yeah, I, I, I wasn't the sports person myself. I was more of a music nerd. I was in the music room. <laughs> So maybe I would have had a music podcast or uh, it's funny though, because sports and music aren't all that different. I mean, they're, you know, skills and uh, the mental part of it is important that, you know, you have to perform and, you know, when the lights come on and you're in front of, you're on a piano and you have to play that piece, you got to do it, you know, and, and, you know, whether the lights could turn on, you have to throw, make that free throw or two to tie the game you know, the pressure is similar. So uh, I've always been a fan of youth empowerment. So that's that's the primary reason why I wanted to, to have you on here. Uh, kudos to you for uh, for collecting this team, this diverse team. And, and I don't, I'm not just saying that. Uh, uh, I, I have to say this too. I mean, you're, you're Asian American, correct? Yep. Yep. Uh, I mean, I'm Filipino Canadian, and this is Asian Heritage Month, so I'm glad to have you uh, in May. So, represent. represent uh, we're the one. You know, it, it's important that we are out here uh, creating contents and from our perspectives, because that's something sometimes that's missing. So, uh, before I let you go, uh, what's the best way for people to contact you or to get more information from Mind Design Sports? Like you said, I think our website, so mind-designsports.org, 
Um, there are emails there. You can contact us there. Um, sometimes I'll check the emails or we can answer your questions. And also I have a LinkedIn. You guys can check me out on LinkedIn if you have that. You can just type up Brandon Chintani and I'll be there. And I'm super open to anybody. Always receive messages and DMs there. And yeah, I think those would be the best two ways. And even Instagram or social media, like we have an Instagram for Minus and Sports and for and we have a Twitter. And those two ways would be good as well. Really, I'm open to anything. Oh, that's, you know, I think uh, if people start with the website, I think they'll find everything else. I, I think that's fair to say. Yeah, everything's there. Okay. Uh, Brandon, again, thank you. Uh, and good luck with, uh, good luck with Mind Design Sports. Thanks, Glenn. So that was my interview with Brandon. If you're a supporter of this podcast, I encourage you to follow our Twitter account, which is the at symbol followed by Kids Curling. One more time, the at symbol followed by Kids Curling. I'll also have that Twitter handle listed in today's show notes. This has been the Coaching Kids Curling Podcast. To reach me, Coach Glenn, please email coachingkidscurling at gmail.com. To follow the podcast for free, visit our website, coachingkidscurling.com. You can also find show notes and links to the resources mentioned in this episode and in previous episodes. The intro and outro music is Golden Sunrise by Josh Woodward. Thanks for listening. Good luck and good curling.